With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Two Hot Takes. I'm your host, Morgan. I'm your host, Justin. Host. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I wanted to try it out. <laughs> See if it fits. Yeah. Okay, you can host an episode. Maybe that's an idea we do. All right. Give everyone an assignment of hosting. Everyone's like, no, please, no. They can host their own episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's get into it. A lot of people wanted to hear scarier stories and they were they were like, let's hear the real scary shit, which I thought that shit was scary. And since recording that episode, I knocked on wood. Like I, I actually knocked on wood and was like, my house isn't haunted. And like everyone was joking like, ah, oh, yet we were recording an episode last night and my mic stayed on, my ring light stayed on, but like the room light in the ceiling went off completely And so it was like we didn't lose power because if we lost power, everything else would have shut off. But it didn't. It was just the room light. And so I'm like, I I made my house haunted. Video or it didn't happen. I'm going to find the video. It's it's in the recording because that didn't stop. Okay. So you will see the flash of light in that episode. Or the bonus features. The or, flash. or maybe in this little bonus story, I'll insert it mm. here. But that's what this is. This is going to be a little bonus story to appease the true diehard Scary Stories fans. And we have a non-believer. Maybe this will convince him. Or at least he'll be able to handle it. I don't know if it's non-believer. More just a sense of not experiencing anything. You want something to happen to you so you would believe it, right? Well, I don't want to be the next, like, person in The Exorcist, but... Yeah, just, oh, God, don't let me be there. Just have your own experience. <laughs> just, like, experience. something. I don't, not like this, uh, I don't know. Well, okay, so it's kind of funny that I'm reading this story with you because you actually lived in a crime scene house. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Basic- so, okay, yeah, you, you lived there. You go ahead and tell him. Basically, almost two years in to living at that house, a neighbor randomly came up one day because we were outside, and he's like, yo, guess what? And we're just like, oh, what's up? Um, Yeah, so there was this double homicide in your house, and it happened back in 2012, and I was living here while it happened, and it was crazy. There was all this investigation, and the whole block was shut down and all this, and I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, thankfully we were leaving that house about a month later. Um, and the other thing is that we determined through the, the news stories that it for sure happened in the master bedroom, which is at that point was our full studio. Yeah. It was uh, their music studio. Cause it was the biggest room. And we're like, wow, I guess <laughs> we made a bunch of great music in there. So it's not like. It's not like we were getting weird vibes, I guess, but No. And like it's weird because we didn't we didn't have any experiences there, but then like when you moved into your new house, I've probably had the worst dreams I've ever had in my entire life. And we like cleansed the place, saged it because all of us were having like terrible terrible dreams. And I ever, still do. Yeah, I haven't really since saging the place. But <laughs> We'll post a link to Justin's old crime scene house because it was really bad. Like the son, I think he was like a 23-year-old kid, ended up murdering both his parents. And the dad, he left like just bludgeoned to death in the bedroom. But he wrapped his mom up in a sheet and like put her in their car and then parked the car around the block. Like it was just so messed up. And he had younger siblings too, which is really sad. 
Yeah. Well, and it's just like, I don't know. Once you know that about a place, it's it's weird, but they just don't need to tell you when you're renting. If yeah. you were going to go buy it. They have to disclose. But that was probably the rental company's thought. It was like, wow, okay, we're going to get a great deal on this house. Oh, and we're just going to start renting it. it out. And you really did have to go to like page three on Google to find any stories on the address. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you type in the address and it's like, you know, all Zillow. the- like, It had like the Zillow listing first. and Yeah, stuff. well, and it's like pages of just realtor websites and listings and stuff. So I don't know. I guess the- Moral of the story is to look up the address of a place if you're going to be renting or, I guess, to buying and just see yeah. because there were plenty of articles on yeah. it. Oh, so crazy. I can't believe that. I wonder if that's a state-by-state state thing too or if that's just a United States thing because I think in Minnesota they have to disclose if someone was murdered in your house, but I think there's a statute too. I think if it was – if if – if it's within like 10 years maybe, but after 10 years or something, they don't have to tell you. There's there's a lot of rules. So like basically yeah. moral, moral of the story, go and investigate your house or the address before you rent or buy. And if you own it, ignorance is bliss. Do not Google your house. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into this story. All right. So it's from the paranormal subreddit. Tons of awards. Um, This guy's a verified user. It's from a real username, not a throwaway. And it's titled, My Experience as a Crime Scene Cleaner. To start out, you need a little backstory to show how I got into this situation. When I got out of high school around 2003, finding a job was difficult, so I took whatever horrible jobs I could get to get by. When I found a job cleaning fire and water damage full-time, I was excited to have steady income and start saving. But this quickly turned into a nightmare that I had to endure for almost two years. The company I worked for put me on my first job, which was a water damage claim, where the basement flooded with sewage. So after a few days of work, we finished, and it was on to the next job. My boss then called me into his office the next morning and told me about a special crew that he was setting up and asked if I would be the crew leader, supervising three other guys that were just hired. I found this strange as I had only been working there a total of around three days, but figured my work ethic was already paying off and I would get a raise. I only made $10 an hour to start. Not only did I not get the raise, but I got no training in the new position other than a work van with cleaning material and the phone numbers for the three new guys that were also hired in to do water slash fire damage cleanup. Mm. The bot, yeah, kind of random. The boss told me what tools were best to use and what cleaning products to use to sanitize along with where everything was located in the van, with hazmat suits and respirators, but he was vague about what kind of things I would clean up. He just said the situations were always different and I would get detailed instructions with each job. He called my position CSC, crew leader. The boss told me that I would never have to see the deceased as the coroner would have the remains gone by the time my crew got there, and to use my logic to determine what needed to be removed from the homes and what could be cleaned. The first job I had in my new position, which the boss told me about when I got to the office, was cleaning up the remains of an elderly man or woman who died in their house and had been laying in a chair. When we arrived, the coroner had me come inside to show me a few things that were considered hazardous material and needed to be removed due to the risk of disease. I guess my boss knew a few people from the county coroner's office, and much of the work came from their recommendations. Which doesn't seem like wire and water and fire damage. The, no, this is definitely not water and fire damage anymore. Not only was the deceased still in the house, but was fully visible to me and the other guy, and you could smell the rot through the mass in the house, mm-hmm. as the house had no AC, and this was mid-June. The coroner was backed up and waiting on additional people to show up to load the body as it was falling apart. And I call the body it because I honestly couldn't tell if it was male or female and was trying not to look too long as it was disturbing. Uh The other three guys I worked with handled it well, but two of them got sick from the smell and had to go outside to puke. We all waited outside after the coroner showed us the chair, the fluids that leaked into the carpet, 
and the basement where the fluids went through the subfloor and puddled on some boxes in the basement. Fluids? Yeah. All the body juices. The coroner's support arrived and took the deceased out, and me and the crew started working. After about five minutes, weird things started to happen, the first of which was when I began to disassemble the chair. I had removed the back of the chair and was putting it into a special hazmat bag that I was given, and the base started to rock when I was about 10 feet away, putting the bag with the back of the chair by the front door. Nobody else was in the same room as the other guys were in the basement, dealing with moving boxes. I brushed it off and took apart the base of the chair as much as I could, and when I got it into the bag, I got a chill up my back and then began feeling sick. I just figured it was the shock of what I was cleaning hitting me, and I pushed on, even though the chill was strange as I was very hot in full hazmat in June. Next was removing the carpet and assessing the floor to see if it would be able to be cleaned or if I had to remove a section of the floor. So I called the boss to ask him, and he told me just pour the special cleaner on the area to soak into the floorboards and it would be fine. So I got it out of the truck where he said it was and brought it inside. When I got inside, all three of the guys in the basement were scrambling to get out of the basement, tripping over each other, and all three ran outside. When I asked them what was up, all three said there was someone in the cluttered basement, and they assumed it was a homeless person or junkie. Detroit has many issues with these kinds of things. I listened at one of the open windows to the basement. It's kind of the first thing we did when we started working. Open any windows possible, prop the doors open, so maybe someone got inside then or possibly before we got there and was hiding. After listening a few minutes and hearing nothing, me and another one of the workers went inside, armed with a mag light and a piece of metal fence post, and searched the basement. Nothing was down there, but the footprints of the shoe covers we used. But when we started up the stairs, we heard a horrible, hacking cough from somewhere in the basement. When we looked for it, there was nothing. But the corner of the basement had a bunch of dust stirred up, like someone was moving things very recently that weirded us both out. We called the guys back in and they got back to the boxes, but all of them kept feeling like they were being touched while throwing away material from the boxes that got fluids on them. I went back to my upstairs job, but found that the cleaner I put next to the floorboards was gone, and I started getting frustrated as it was the only jug I had of this cleaner, and I clearly remember it being sat next to the area before the guys ran up the stairs and my attention was redirected. I began to take out trash, figuring I would find it eventually, or the basement guys took it for the floor, and I found it on its side, behind the bag that had the back of the chair. This is impossible. There were like six other bags in front of this one near the front door, and this was a gallon bottle of cleaner. Again, I got a chill, but this one was brought on by what sounded like a whisper that I could not make out the words to. I cleaned the floor and moved out trash, job complete. That night, each member of my crew had a dream about an older man telling us that we are not welcome in his home, touching his belongings, and we need to leave. In my dream, I was alone in his house. The old man cried and told me I was destroying his things, and he couldn't replace anything. He was trying to push me out of his house, but it was like I was ignoring him, even when he would push me and scream at me, no reaction from me. He then threw my cleaner into the garbage pile I had made by the front door, exactly where I had found it. Two of the three guys in the crew told me their dreams about the old man pushing them as they went through boxes of ruined pictures and other old stuff that needed to be thrown out due to the risk of disease from his fluids. They also said it was like they had no control and were on autopilot. They said they were so sad but couldn't do anything. The thing that got me about the dream of the other two guys was they both said the man was getting so upset that he began violently coughing and that the man kept grabbing their arms when they would touch boxes or throw things in the trash. Neither of the guys were in the house when me and the other guy heard the coughing from the basement. The guy that went in the basement with me said he had a dream, but all he remembered was waking up sad like he did something wrong and had a horrible coughing fit, which 
might just be a coincidence, but I connected it in my mind as relating to the other dreams. We all talked about it and came to the conclusion that we were all just having a reaction to the situation and it was nothing more than our brains coping with what we had to do. I'm very into psychology, so I rationalized it best I could and we hoped for better assignments the next day. Next few jobs were not so bad. Cleaning up blood at a home invasion, no casualty, but huge mess. Then there were a few other bloody crime scenes with casualties, but nothing notable happened. About two weeks into the job, we began to learn the tricks of the trade and were split into two different groups that I was responsible to manage as crew leader. So I would have to go to different sites if the other two guys had an issue or didn't know what to do. I thought I was getting used to the job as well as the other guys as we had no other experiences like the first job, but I was wrong. The next job that there was activity was a suicide of a man that was middle-aged. The coroner had already removed the body, but it was a mess. The guy had shot himself with what I think was a large caliber handgun or shotgun, as the spray was everywhere in the basement, in like a second living room. There were skull fragments lodged in drywall, brain matter all over, and again, he was not found for a bit, so the smell was horrible. First step in cleaning this was using our backpack vacuum cleaner to suck up all the biomaterial. The coroner told us when we went in that he and his partner were extremely uneasy in the house and it felt strange. And we immediately started getting a claustrophobic, suffocating feeling when we went into the basement as well. To make matters worse, the family of the man had come over and were crying upstairs, but the vacuum noise helped to cancel that out. While I was cleaning, the power to the lights went out and it was completely pitch black. This was strange because my vacuum was still powered. This is what happened in my fucking house. This is literally what happened in my house. Oh my God. <laughs> I just fucking brought this energy upon myself. Why did I do this? This was strange because my vacuum was still powered. My crewmate started screaming at this point, so I turned off my vacuum and climbed off my ladder. I thought maybe he touched a wire to the lights, but when my vacuum unit was turned off, he was still screaming and I could hear things being knocked over. I started fumbling around for my flashlight on my tool belt and yelled for my friend asking what was going on, but all I got back was panic screaming. Then I saw in the pitch black something darker that was moving in my direction, and I will admit, I freaked out. I slipped trying to back up, still looking in my belt for a flashlight, and found it when my back hit the basement wall. I turned on the light, aimed at the blackest shape I've ever seen, and when the light turned on, I saw the shape of a man wearing a flannel shirt, beard, and an expression like he was about to attack me. Then, it was just gone. My crewmate was behind where the entity was, sitting on the floor rocking with his hands on his head when I approached. He picked up his flashlight off the ground and turned it on, then ran up the stairs and outside and threw up. I followed behind him, asking if he was okay and why he was screaming. I thought I just imagined the entity and the man because his screaming scared me, but he told me that he was scrubbing the wall and felt something pulling on something in his tool belt, and he thought it was me. But when he turned around, the lights went out, and he was engulfed by what he said was like dark smoke, and he immediately could not breathe and was struggling to move. He managed to pull his flashlight out, but it was knocked out of his hand like his wrist was grabbed with force, and he managed to scream. When he screamed, trinkets started falling off of the entertainment center that was about three feet to his side, and the black smoke moved back, but he was close to passing out from exertion. He also said he lost hearing and didn't know that any noise came out when he started screaming, and that all the stuff falling off the shelves was landing on him, and that's why he was covering his head. He said it felt like a weight was lifted off him when the dark smoke backed up, but he felt sick right away and the light from my flashlight made the sick feeling increase. We took an early lunch where he just sat there, pale as ever, and didn't say much other than he said he breathed in that smoke and didn't feel right. I got him some Gatorade and his color started to come back. I never told him I saw a man when I turned on my light because we still needed to finish, and I didn't want, mm. and I didn't want to put that in his head since he never mentioned seeing it. When we went back, the lights in the basement were on again, 
Half the things that fell from the shelves were back on the entertainment center, and the TV was on baseball. There was also a different smell in the room, similar to burnt hair. My worker stayed a half hour, got sick again, and went home for the day, leaving me alone to finish, which I didn't want to do, but had to as the other guys had their own job. Oh, no. Yeah. After cleaning up everything with my vacuum, I began scrubbing the old blood, which is hard after it congeals. Mix in brain matter, and it is like glue, even with cleaner. While I was finishing up, I kept seeing the shape of a person, always in the side of my vision. Each time, I would smell that strange burnt hair scent, and a few times, I also felt like a force was pulling out items on my belt. Not sure what item, as there were several things in my belt. When I finished the job, I went to use the bathroom upstairs, and in the hallway along the way, I heard, like, muffled crying or moaning. I froze up and stayed still thinking maybe a family member had come back, and when I panned around, there was nothing. But I saw a picture on the wall of a man with a beard, wearing a flannel shirt. Several other pictures in the hallway of other scenarios of the same man, different flannels with deer or fish or family. I had not seen a picture of that man as I had not been anywhere else in the house with a bathroom. Nor did I use the bathroom downstairs, because pulling off the hazmat suits hazmat suit stuff is a pain. As I was securing the house, closing the windows, locking doors, and shutting down every light but the front porch light, I saw the front curtain move and again saw the darker than black form in the front window. The last, oh god the chills, fuck. Like how do you envision a man with a beard in a flannel without seeing pictures of him? Like I don't know. That's like he fucking saw him with his own two eyes. He didn't see those pictures before. It's crazy. The last experience I will share in this thread happened mid-July in a very bad area in Detroit. There had been an incident where a guy supposedly tried to abduct a child, was stopped by people in the neighborhood who beat the man very badly, and he escaped to his house where the neighborhood people quickly called police and civilians surrounded the man's house to prevent escape. The police response time in this area is horrible, and the people were throwing rocks through the man's window and damaged his car. The man was hurt bad by the mob and was hurt by a rock or glass and died in the home. This, wow. is, this is assumption by Detroit Police Department. From what the police officer told me, it was a misunderstanding, and the man picked up a girl that was injured riding her bike, and some kids that knew her told her parents that the man was kidnapping her, and people overreacted, and the man was brutally beaten. Wow. The cleanup was pretty simple to do. We secured windows, cleaned up blood and bodily fluids. But as soon as I entered the house, I just felt wave after wave of fear and sadness. Like I have never felt this before. And it hit in waves that made my legs weak. My working buddy who was there showed up late and didn't get the story from the cop like I did, but experienced the same feelings I had. The whole time we were there, we saw a form darting around corners like it was watching us, then hiding. It was similar to like a small bit of fog or mist. We also heard very slight cries for help coming from several areas in the house and also what sounded like, please stop, and a long, no. A few times the crowd came back and yelled at the house also, and when this was going on, the activity in the house increased and we could hear running footsteps go up the stairs, a door slam, and it sounded like the front door would open and close, but we never saw any of the doors move. The path of the footsteps sounded like from the front door, through the living room, to the bathroom, to the two stairs, to the upstairs bungalow room. The part that really got me was I could feel the floor impacts that felt like the vibrations of someone running past me when I was cleaning the areas, and each time I would be hit by one of those waves of fear and sadness. Wow, I have such bad chills right now. When we left the house, there were a few people on porches hanging out, like as usual during summer, and the people were still hostile and yelling random things, but directed at us as we loaded the van and took off hazmat suits. We ignored this, but before we had loaded all the material from the house into the vacuum and locked the house, the front door slammed hard enough to sound like a gunshot. 
which scared me and my crew member, along with the people on the front porch, to the point where they went inside. The front door deadbolt was somehow locked, and we could not get it open. I think it was a different key than the knob, so we ended up leaving several boards in the house that were left over from boarding a few of the windows. The feeling of relief when I left the house was like night and day. Inside, I was anxious, scared, paranoid, and just really down, which could be due to knowing the story. But when I got outside, it was like flipping a light switch. I immediately felt better, and me and the other guy in my crew were joking and laughing about dumb stuff and normal 19- and 20-year-old shenanigans. I have many of these stories written down in detail in a journal I started after the first three months of working at this job. I talked to the guys on the cruise and got other strange stories from them too. I know that some of this could very well be formed by my subconscious mind to cope with traumatic situations, but some of it has no explanation. And when I hear other members of my crew tell me their stories when they haven't been influenced by mine, that is a horse of a different color. When I have time, I will pull out the journal and give more of my experiences. The job got way worse when I started the journal after three months in. Several experiences with what I thought was paranormal. Many situations that stressed my mental state to the point where my mask of sanity started to slip. In the end, I worked at this place for almost two years. And of my crew, all died. Two from suicides, one from drug overdose that could have been intentional, but we will never know. I just know that when three guys my age, around 19 and 20, started this job, all were normal, well-adjusted guys with no cares in the world other than girls, parties, and working. I watched each one of them slowly drain their joys and passion for life, and I know this sounds bad, but each one that died was considerate enough to die in a clean way, most likely so another person wouldn't have to see the horrible thing that we all saw so often. Wow. So, so sad. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like a lot of that is like truly unexplainable, especially the flannel shirt and like that cloud. Yeah. What are your thoughts, skeptic? Hey. (laughs) I am surprised that this guy stayed in the job this long. Because if I experienced anything close to that, I would not, no matter what it was. I cannot imagine. But where there's a will, there's a way. So I just, I couldn't have kept doing it. I don't know. Uh, Regardless, if I had to, I just don't know. I just, I don't know how to relate. I Obviously, if I experienced any of that shit, I would freak the fuck out. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Like, I don't know how this guy kept his cool and kept going. Like, he just kind of talks about it. Like, oh, yeah, I experienced this and it freaked me out. And then on the next one, it's like, for me, no next one. But, like, if I had to, if I was forced to, I don't know. I would probably go freaking nuts. I would go insane. Well, that's what he said, too. He's like, I, what did he say? My sanity slipped. Like, I got to the point where my sanity was slipping. I was mentally, I don't want to misquoted here let me find it many situations that stressed my mental state to the point where my mask of sanity started to slip right because it's just yeah like you can chalk it up like oh it's my brain playing tricks on me and there's a lot of situations where you know you see shadows and it's it's the way the light's moving outside a window through reflection you know whatever when your brain can create uh, i mean your brain is unbelievably powerful yes I also think our brain, like, in his mind, he's, like, trying to rationalize this as a way for his brain to protect himself yeah. from what is truly paranormal experiences happening. That's, like, a safety mechanism for him. Yeah, I mean, it's like a horror movie. It's literally the script for a horror movie. It is crazy. I don't know how he handled it so long, and it's sad. It's sad to think that someone's spirit can be just so not I don't want to say aggravated but just like in so much turmoil that it latches on to a place like that and like the old man that died in his chair and was just like so upset that people were like moving his stuff and his things and that's all he had and he he can't replace it like 
that was 100% his energy clinging to them and like trying to send them a message in those dreams. Right. And the fact that the cleaning product moved over by all those garbage bags, that no one moved it. And it was like, it sounded like it was like buried beneath bags that it like wasn't, it wouldn't have been possible to just like roll over there or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Oh, so sad. Because did you tell your Palm Springs story? I did. Because have you ever actually physically seen something? Or was that the closest where it's just like I heard and like. No, I saw the lights flickering like underneath the door. I know, but have you seen the shadow? Have you seen the like right in front of you? No, not like this. Not like I've never seen like a mist or like a cloud of smoke or anything like that. See like that shit? That would freak me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'd start questioning everything and like everything. But I just have never experienced anything close to that. Yeah. And I haven't seen the flickering lights or anything. Like I I just – there was one time um, when I was a kid. This is the closest I can get um, where – my parents would always take the dog for a walk and I would stay home and just kind of chill. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the living room and just watching TV or doing something. And all of a sudden I heard these stomping steps. Like it sounded like they were coming up from my basement, just pounding really hard, heavy steps. Oh gosh. And I, st- I was about like, I was in the process of standing up and I was calculating in my head what I do. And I was thinking side door, front door, like I was thinking – it was just, I don't know, autopilot. You were like trying to hide thinking it was someone breaking in? I thought someone was in the house and they were stomping up the basement stairs to oh come up. God. And I was on the, that next level. Okay. And so I was ready to bolt out the front door and all of a sudden the door from the garage opens and it was my parents coming in from the garage into the house because we had like steps in the garage up inside. Okay. And – like that, I just remember that feeling and that feeling of that crazy amount of fear is what I'd have in this situation. Um, but I guess like the last house I was in with that whole situation is, you know, where I'd expect maybe I would have experienced something like that. But if we had never been told that, we would have had, actually have, we would have had no clue. You would never have known. Yeah. Unless if he hadn't told us and we didn't find the articles, it just like. No. And I think when we found out even, I tried to think. I was like, oh, has like anything weird happened? And there really, there wasn't anything. Yeah. Like, like I'm just trying, was- I'm trying to find some way to connect and relate, but I just haven't had that. But if I. knock on wood. I'm. <laughs> All I know though is if I did experience it. Like, this whole story, I just. Then you'd believe. Like, this is Yeah, I mean, I'd lose it. My mind would would try and rationalize it, of course, in the same way. But, oh, my God. I know. I just want my energy to peacefully move on. And I think that's what's so interesting, too. Like, we have all of these laws of matter, and it's like, and all of this other stuff that we already know about, like, our world. And it's like, no energy is created or destroyed. So if our energy isn't destroyed, it's like where I'm getting, this is like so spiritual and like this is why people, you know, believe in religion and like to try to justify this, like, okay, where do we go? Are we just like blank slate? Like where we're dreaming? Like, so where does our energy go? And it's so interesting because when this guy was like describing all these dreams, it was almost like the veil where this man was like trying to touch them and like couldn't touch them and was screaming and like grabbing them, but they couldn't really feel it because he was trapped behind that other veil. And yeah, it's just it was like, literally a movie. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. I just want my energy to be at peace when it moves from this world. I have a couple more like little short ones now that like I got you on this because I, I had a couple more listeners send in some stuff after the episode and they're short, sweet, but like have some pictures that are really kind of freaky Okay. I did have more, but... Oh, keep going. There was one thing. There's this one conversation I had with my dad a very long time ago where 
I think it was a, I think it was his aunt, great aunt. Um, I think it was a sister of my grandpa's. So whatever that would make. I remember he told me this. He's like, if there is something after, because she was kind of, they were super close and they had this kind of very fun relationship where they had this conversation and he told me that she said, if there is something after, if it, if there's any possible way, if there's something after, I will find some way to let you know. Oh shit. And to this day, there has been nothing so far. Um, that doesn't mean it can't happen, but I just remember that conversation from a long time ago and it's kind of crazy to think. I mean, maybe you have he's someone just missing the signs. You maybe, but you have someone that's passed away and says, I will f- like I know you more than anyone. I will find a way to let you know. Yeah, but maybe she's just happy on the on the good energy. I know, plane. but just think about that as yeah. a, just as a concept. Like, how crazy would that be if all of a sudden there was some one little thing? You're like, "Fuck, there it is," mm-hmm. and then you just know. Yeah, because that's they would have known each other well enough to have that one thing Their where if he inside. saw it, he would know, yeah. and then he'd be like, "Oh wow." Well, oh god, that's crazy. That's the shit that makes me feel crazy. Like that's yeah. the chills. If something like that were to happen and he told me, that's where I would just like, You'd wow. Know instantly, yeah. There's a lot of stories on Reddit, especially in like the paranormal or another subreddit I found, um, just kind of unexplained mysteries. And there's a lot of people that talk about what they saw when they die. And like this one person had like a massive stroke and was flatlined forever. And they basically explained like they didn't see the pearly gates but they said they were walking through like almost what was described in Soul, but like without the weird like animations. It was just like a park where like one man was sitting on the bench and like all of a sudden people started to gather around him and it was like going to be like a class or like an outdoor like learning thing. And he looked at her and he goes, what are you doing here? Like, it's not your time yet. You need to go. And then all of a sudden she was like back in her body. Yeah, that's I mean, that's cool. I think. Um, I mean, I certainly, obviously, as a human, hope there is something after. Yeah, I'm not sitting here thinking like, no, I hope there's not. <laughs> like, no, I definitely do. Yeah, I just haven't had any connection with anything yet. So all I know is that, like, you know, you're gonna have people that say, oh yeah, that's like, that's an amazing experience. Like, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have other people that say, well, you know you're kind of confronted with this idea of death your entire life and you might have all these wonders of what it like is like. And so just think about when you dream, your brain is capable of putting together a million different scenarios. Yeah. And so your brain could quickly put you in a situation. I mean, there's, there's no way to know, maybe we'll never know, but Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting to think through all the different situations. And like, I love Soul. I think that's one of the most brilliant movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Disney did a good job on that one. And I just think that, like, that was beautiful. The way that that was portrayed and just the whole idea of that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really, I really hope. I don't I don't want to have a connection like like some scary shit. Yeah. Like, I'm not inviting that. I don't want to experience that. I don't want any scary that. shit either. Um. But wow, yeah. I know. What did um, Stephen Hawking say about like death? He was asked about it a lot. And like, what did he say to like rationalize what happens with energy and stuff like that? Uh, there was a really long interview with him that detailed this exactly. Okay. Um, the, I think the easiest way to summarize it is that and there was a lot of like um, reasons and arguments and stuff throughout it that were very interesting. It's a very interesting like take. I mean, God, his brain, the the intelligence that man had, he was incredible. Yeah, and I've I've seen from him, I've seen from Einstein, I've seen from all like great thinkers throughout mm-hmm. all of history. Um, his take though was that what 
you experienced before you were born is what you will experience after you die. So essentially the just nothingness and the just before you were born, like let's say when you're in the womb and you just obviously have no conception or no memory and it was just nothing. He just said you basically return to what you started with. It's interesting. So the whole concept is crazy. Like, yeah, okay, you can understand, like, the biological side of it, like meiosis, mitosis, the cell splitting, the zygote, like, all this shit. But it's like, where does that consciousness come from? It's just, it's a lot to wrap your head around. We're getting, we're These getting, are the biggest <laughs> questions in life, literally. We're getting in the weed of it. It's like we almost had a fucking gummy or something before this. No, I mean, it's literally the, I think, maybe the biggest question I know you could have. It's intense shit. But it's it's also cool. It's it's doesn't have to be this polarizing topic. It can be this really cool conversation. Like at one of our writing camps, we like sometimes you just sit around the hot tub and you just like you just have these deep conversations. I remember one person said, "What do you think happens after you die?" And we all went around and kind of gave our opinions. That's and really cool. It wasn't like a no, you're wrong or no, you're right. It was like, wow, this is actually a really cool, interesting conversation. Yeah. None of us, maybe maybe some of us are right, maybe we're not, but none of us will ever know. There's no way to argue that someone's wrong and someone's right because we absolutely have There's no, no idea. no way to prove it. So I think these topics provide a really cool situation and environment just to have a really awesome conversation. Yeah. That's amazing because it's, it's very, I just think about like some of the talks that I've had with my family and like half of my family is very religious and it's like, it's not easy to have those conversations sometimes. So like to be in a safe space with like a good group of people like that is really cool. Yeah. Okay. So this next story was from a listener. A few years ago, I moved to a new city away from my family and friends and moved into a very dark basement suite that had one window and a long dark hallway. It always gave me the creeps. I would always feel a presence. And one day I decided to clean out my deep freezer. When I opened it up, there was a silhouette of a man. I moved out shortly after. A deep freezer? Yeah, like the big ones. They're like big rectangular shape and like it's, Oh, like the Yeah, the fold top ones. Yeah. Uh this is the picture of the silhouette. Describe it. I want like a video. Like, how do you snap a pic of that? You know what I'm saying? It was so Again, it'll be posted on the YouTube, but the picture is like on the sides of the deep freezers, they have like frost all around the outside. So for in this picture, like in the side where it should be frost is just metal freezer in the shape of a man. So it's not a shadow. Okay, I got it. It's not a shadow. I need to see it again. It's unthawed ice in the shape of a man. So it's almost like there was a warm body warming up the ice because that's supposed to be covered in ice all the way around. That's the purpose right. of the deep freezer. It is interesting. It's, I mean, also it's, could be, could be coincidental. It's, I mean, yeah. the human brain is wired to recognize shapes, put together patterns. It's that's innate. That's part of, being human is, and that's those simple evolutionary tools that have developed is to recognize patterns. And so you're going to very quickly associate that shape. Whereas it could simply just be like, look at, look at under the bottom, like the whole bottom goes all the way across too. So you don't know, you don't know what the pattern on the other side is. Mm Mm-hmm. So who knows? I mean, it is creepy. It would be creepy to open it and see that. Oh my god, I would die. <laughs> and then it moves, like the nose moves, or oh. like the it moves forward a little bit. Well, and it's not just the fact that she saw that, but it's it's the fact that she always got this weird like. But maybe she presence. went into it that way. Of course, like you in a dark hallway in a place with one window, you'd be like, "Wow, this is creepy." Yeah, but I'm scared of the dark. But why are you scared of the dark? Because you don't know what's in there. (laughs) It's unknown. That is pretty crazy, though. 
I know. Okay, so this I like one, the pictures. I want a video, though. Pictures is really creepy. So I'll show you this next one that has a picture as well. Okay. We moved into our childhood home when I was two. I'm 28 now. Growing up, my siblings and I had what I guess you call encounters. Nothing evil or scary. I believe my parents' house had a benevolent spirit. We have never felt anything malicious. The first thing I remember is my sister's encounter. She was maybe 10 or 12 when one night she woke up and for some reason she sat up in bed. At the time, her bed faced the bedroom door, which was at the end of the hallway. So when my sister sat up, she was able to look straight out of her bedroom and down the hallway. Mm. At the end of the hall, she saw someone standing there and thought it was my brother. She called out his name but didn't get a response. The person was just facing her. Fuck no. Without saying anything. She got scared and covered her face with a blanket. When she looked again, it was gone. She got up to check on my brother and found that he was asleep in his room. In high school, I remember being on the family computer in our living room. In the early 2000s, personal laptops weren't common and households, for the most part, had one computer for everyone to use. I was sitting at the computer chair and through my peripheral, I was able to see into my parents' bedroom. I saw what looked like a woman walk out of the bathroom in their room and go further into the bedroom. I thought it was my mom, so I disregarded it. Later on, my parents called, and turns out they weren't home. I remember being unsettled because I thought my mom was in her room. The biggest encounter came in 2011. I just bought a MacBook Pro and was playing with the photo booth app. For those who don't know, it was a camera app to take funny pictures with the webcam. I was home alone in my living room on the couch, taking so many pictures back to back with the app and just messing with my new laptop. I had my dog on my lap to take pictures with her too. The shock came later on that night when I reviewed all of the pictures I took. In one of the photos, and only one, meaning the before photo and the photo after, had nothing, there was someone behind me behind the couch. Let's see it. What made me gasp was the fact that my dog is looking over my shoulder directly at this person that was not there. The arm didn't look complete, and it's hard to see the head. It's almost a little distorted. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to this stuff, and I do think most encounters have an explanation, but this is the one thing I can vouch for. I was alone. I took this picture. I didn't see anything on the screen when I took it, and my dog is looking right at it. See for yourself. Furthermore, even if anyone didn't believe me that I was alone, no one in my home had a sweater of that color. Let's see it. That's literally a person standing there. You can see it's like a red hoodie. I see a middle-aged woman standing sideways. That's, but like if no one was home and the dog, look at the dog, look at it. The dog knew it was there. Okay, you gotta scroll back up. The dog is literally looking straight at this thing. I also, like, super scarily saw a video on TikTok today about these two dogs going fucking batshit crazy in this kennel, barking up a storm, and then all of a sudden the dogs get super fucking quiet. Like, the most annoying dogs I've ever heard in my entire life, barking for nonstop a minute. I was, like, ready to swipe because I was like, this is so much barking. And next thing you know, the dogs both go silent and start looking at something. And all of a sudden the dog's collar gets taken off. Like the class comes off and the collar falls. What? What? What yeah. is this? This was a video on TikTok. Someone got it on their home, their like home camera. I keep getting crazy fucking ghost videos on TikTok now after reading all these fucking ghost stories. This is pretty nuts. Like that is a person standing behind her. And the well, they're dog, like walking by. Yeah. Right? And the dog probably sensed it. Yeah, the Camerons are pretty nuts. That shit, like, fascinates me. I know. But so if she had turned around, would she have seen it? I don't know because I think, like, cameras can pick up different energies. Like, I think if you think about, like, infrared and stuff like that, like, I think there's just certain – it's almost like our eyes, how, like, some stuff is, like, 8K now, but we can't even see all the colors in 8K. Or what is that? Well, no. 8K is just a resolution. It's – uh. But there's something where, like, we, 
we only can see a fraction of the spectrum of radiation that we perceive as light. Yes. So with this, I think that these energies operate on different frequencies or they're in a different like plane or veil. Yeah, but a camera also only picks up visible light unless it has a special lens to get microwaves, infrared. Or maybe just the energy from this being that was there. But the like, only visible tweaked it. I know. And I know. I see the picture and I'm getting way too scientific, I understand, which is not <laughs> enjoyable to listen to. But this is where my head goes. The a camera's only or sorry, what did you say before that? I don't know, just like the energy oh, the like energy. maybe so, boosting the the computer, like glitching it. Yeah. But I don't know. I think this one's nuts because like the dog clearly looked and saw it. And like if she would have heard someone walking right behind her, she probably would have turned too. Yeah. It's just. I think that. Wild. That is. Yeah. I like it because that was the picture. But the uh, sitting up in bed. And I feel like. I don't know. I feel like I almost sometimes see shit because I'm so goddamn tired. Um. But sitting up in bed and seeing someone stand at the end of your hallway, my mind does not go to fucking ghost. My mind goes, there's someone fucking standing in the hallway. And then if I hid my eyes, which is, I just, that response is so funny to me just to like, but, and then you look again, I would think, okay, they're in a different room now. I would not be like, oh, it's gone. Holy fuck. I would be like, Intruder. There's someone fucking here. Yeah, my mind goes to intruder, but then, like, it's just different. Like, it depends on... You thought yours was an intruder? I didn't know what mine was. I I thought mine was after, like, the next morning, the way I locked the door, I didn't, like... I was like, there's no way this could have been an intruder. The locks on the doors... And you were alone there? I was totally alone. That roommate hadn't moved in yet. And I didn't mention this in the episode, but like the end of the hallway that had the washing machine, that was, there was another door down there that led to the garage. That was deadbolted. And not only was it deadbolted, it had the chain that comes across. The front door was the same thing. It was deadbolted and the chain was across. Like windows. All the windows at that house had like the bars, like on the the sliding screen door had like a big metal rod on the track, so you couldn't open it. All of the windows had those bars on the window, so you, even if you left it unlocked. Wait, had you fallen asleep? No, I wasn't even asleep yet. You were just chilling, like on your phone. I was watching the Great British Bake Off, trying to fall asleep. I God, like, I wish I'd been there. Uh, I just. I wish I'd been there. It was terrifying. Terrifying. Well, maybe we'll experience something together. I don't want to experience anything else. Maybe it's something like happy, though. It doesn't have to be scary. Oh, I sure hope it's a happy ghost. Oh, I have one more story, but it's on my phone and it's got pictures. And so I'm going to airdrop them real quick. We'll record it and then we'll be done. Last story. Okay. So this is another listener write in. And I kind of mentioned it on uh, the last episode with Lauren and Alejandra about like a girl that ended up like having scratches and marks on her, but I couldn't find the story for that episode. She heard it, messaged me and was like, hey, I think you were talking about me. And I was like, yes. Oh, nice. Scrolled up, like the pictures were right there. It was perfect. So she goes, I want to start off by saying I've been having paranormal experiences my whole life. They don't happen super often, but at least every few months I have some sort of experience. This experience happened literally a week before I moved out of my parents' house. It was a really late night, and I was sleeping but woke up hearing things on my desk being moved around. I turned my head and looked at my desk and saw someone sitting at it, their back facing me. Can you imagine? I was really confused and said, Dad? Rationally thinking it was my father because he gets home from work late. Whoever was at my desk, though, was not my father. The figure turned around and I was met with the face of what I think was a woman, but I couldn't tell because it was horribly disfigured. Oh my God. It looked like someone had taken a hammer to her face and just wreaked havoc. Now when I saw this, of course my reaction was, what the fuck? And I grabbed my phone and turned on my flashlight. And of course, like a, like all horror movies, 
she was gone. And I was left on my bed feeling uncomfortable with, yeah. my, with my dog who was growling in that general direction. Now you may wonder, did I run? Did I scream? Did I go into my parents' room freaked out of my mind asking to sleep with them? I didn't. I sat there for a second and was like, well, it's not like she tried to hurt me. And then like the Taurus I am, I went back to sleep. Damn. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I responded. I was like, that is fucking terrifying. Yeah, this girl's a badass. Like, no, thank you. It was a girl, right? Yes, it's a, it's a gal. So I said all that and then she goes on to say more. Thank you. What's even scarier is it's 100% true and I still have experiences like that to this day, but I'm used to it. The only time I ever got scared was when something touched me. And she goes, hold on, I have pictures. I was in my dorm room alone when my puppy, Rue, was barking at me, which was weird. And when I got up, I saw myself in the mirror and saw this. You can have dogs in the dorm? What? Could you at your school? Some people got dogs. Especially if they were like emotional support animals or service dogs, of course, because they can well, yeah, but go that's, everywhere. That's great. Um, so she like sends me pictures. I'll show you all the pictures after. Okay, yeah. And I got really freaked out and called my friends to come over. And while they were sitting in my room with me, they watched this mark suddenly form on my neck. I hadn't even been touching it. It was really freaky. But luckily I moved out of that dorm and into my apartment and haven't had that happen since. Who's in the dorm now? That's the picture of the marks. Like, it looks like like fingerprints. It's almost like someone gave you a five star, but just the fingerprints showed up or like just the finger marks showed up. It's not like she was breaking out into hives where it's like just patchy blotches. Like, it looks like someone scratched her. So what if then you got the information that the person after her also got those marks randomly in that room? Then there's a ghost. And then this is the one on her neck that like literally looks like a scratch mark. Yeah. Like, ugh. So scary. And the fact that her dog was barking at her. Like, Dogs are badass. Out of character, just barking at her. Animals know. know. Animals can see that shit. Animals and little babies. Well, dogs know when, like, storms are coming and shit. Yeah. Oh, God, my dog sure does. Well, so here's my thought, because we haven't hit this yet. Do you think there are people who are predisposed to be able to perceive this stuff? Yes. And do you think there are people that are not? Yes. And why would that be? I think there's certain people that just have a gift that can connect to that different energy or the veil or other planes of energy. Um, I really do believe in psychics. I actually had one listener write in um, and her grandma and her mom have spiritual slash like psychic abilities and she has like some form, but like it's not as like, I don't want to say intuitive, but it's not as attuned maybe is the better word. It's not as intense as what her grandma and her mom have. But I also think it's something that like, if you use it, if you don't use it, you lose it. Like you hear about these kids who play in a room by themselves talking to a ghost. And the mom is like, who are you talking to? And they're like, oh, I'm talking to grandma Jerry. And they're like, we've never even told this kid about their grandma Jerry. Or like the name of some relative or the name of a ghost or the name of a dead child that used to live there. Like there's crazy stories like that. And there's also stories about kids who as they're growing up are like, like, Oh, there was this one story. It was on the news. It was like this little boy who was like, yeah, I was in a plane and I was shot down and near this ship and near, I was stationed here. Yes. And they like remember their past lives. And they remember like their, their friends from war. Yes. So it's like, I think there's, so many people that have these gifts and they never learn how to use them or just as you get older and you're you're told oh it's not real or just you don't use it you lose it so are there so if you're not one of those people that can connect can you force it by going into the situation like the guy in the first story can you force it by putting yourself in situations where you are going into the thick of it yeah, I mean, he was probably definitely 
like I'm not, I don't know a lot about this, but out of all like the places that I interact with, like I'm not really going into houses that have had a lot of traumatic events happen in them on a daily basis for my job. Like that's his daily job. Yeah. So he's daily putting himself into like these high energy or like traumatic areas. So yeah, I think like if you're constantly going into those areas, you're opening yourself up to like a greater potential. It's like, yeah, like playing the lottery. Like it's like, if I don't play the lottery, I have no chance of winning, but he's playing the lottery daily. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think it seems as if all these encounters are happening when they're not being sought out. Mm-hmm. It's not like the girl is sleeping and thinking, Ooh, like I'm, I'm trying to meet a ghost. No, I didn't think that in Palm Springs. Right. Is that okay. your one and only? Yeah. My, my one and only real one that if someone asked me, have you had a paranormal experience? I would say yes. And I would say that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I've really, I've had like other creepy experiences, but yeah, that was like, well, it's like, of course, with this, with this girl's story, you're going to get people on both sides. Yeah. Um, but it would be, you know, quite interesting if I looked at my arm and all of a sudden something was appearing after I had some experience, like, (laughs) well, and just the computer one, like. We're just talking about the scratch marks and everything, but like the computer experience where it's like you wake up out of a sleep and you're like staring at your desk and someone's sitting there and to see, you know, a woman's face that is just so disfigured. That again, another script. Like there's, these are good movies. These could be great movies because that (laughs) is a freaking that's not even a horror movie. That's like something beyond. Did you hear the paranormal episode I did with Alejandro and Lauren? A little bit. About like the the paranormal investigator that actually went to the old hotel and he like walked in to the like this other realm and he turned around when he got back outside calling his uncle and it was all gone. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, we were kind of talking about that. Oh my God. That one is like crazy. That's like, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, and after like, you know, the YouTube comments and everything too, I think like a lot of people were like, all of his batteries died because those ghosts needed so much energy to maintain that like mirage or that like, like, um, I don't know what the word I'm searching for is, but like that experience essentially, that's why like all their batteries were drained. Well, and then it, and then it, it, you know, it makes you wonder then, okay, if this is truly a thing, then well, like, why is the boy coming back and talking about his past life, but these other ghosts are kind of stuck in stuck. this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of I know interesting. Like, if, what determines if you get reincarnated versus you stay stuck? Just this whole other, whole other world. I know it's crazy. I always like felt like I haven't talked about it recently, but when I was younger, I always was like, yeah, I just feel like I was reincarnated from like Marie Antoinette era. Minus, you know, the guillotine and all the beheading. But, like, I just had, like, such a connection to that, like, time period. But I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird to think about. To be determined. I know. I know. Some Somewhere far, far in the future. <laughs> okay. Well, that turned from one bonus story into a full episode. So hope you guys enjoyed that this... This will be the last of Spooky October. Aww. Aww. I'm ready to move on. I have big plans for November and December. I'm getting the divorce episode ready for Sarah for December. Because did you know January is the highest month? January has the highest rates of divorce. I could see that. Yep. So shit hits the fan in December. That's right. So divorce December Puts is everything coming in up. the spotlight. It does. All all the cracks really become canyons. So nice. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> so November and December is gonna be really, really fun. Uh, by the time this episode airs, our merch will be live, you guys. So be sure if you haven't snagged that, that you go check it out. The link will be on our YouTube page, um, as well as I'll put it in the description of this video. But I hope there's still some by the time this airs because the sweatshirts are really cute. I love them. 
but I think that's all I got. I don't have any other announcements. Oh, Father Knows Something will be out the week of this episode, so be sure to check that out as well, my dad's podcast. Yee. Okay, now I think that's officially everything. Okay. Good job. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Two Hot Takes, and until next time. Until next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>